The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute committed to providing the tools, trainings, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Dr. Alberto Violdo. He's the author of a number of books, most recently, The Heart of the Shaman. He is a medical anthropologist and best-selling author. He's studied the shamanic healing practices of the Amazon and Andes for over 30 years. And he is the founder of the Four Winds Society and Light Body School, which trains certified energy medicine practitioners. The Light Body School is internationally recognized as the gold standard in shamanic education bridging ancient shamanic wisdom teachings with cutting-edge practices in nutrition, biology, and neuroscience. You can read Dr. Violdo's essay, Discover Your Sacred Dream, in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Dr. Violdo, welcome to Essential Conversations. Thank you, Rabbi Rami. Good to be here with you. Well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation for a number of reasons, and, and I don't want to get lost in the weeds at all, but certainly not right away. So I want to start with some some introductory questions. But one of the things that fascinates me about your work is the fact that you do integrate ancient shamanic wisdom with contemporary science. I mean, just bringing neuroscience to bear on the shamanic insights is just, I, I want to hear about that. That's really fascinating. But... Before we do that, let's start with some very basic things, like help us understand what a shaman is. Well, you're a rabbi, and um, if if my memory serves me, rabbi is a teacher, and um, the shaman is also a teacher, is a mentor, is a coach. And it's a, it's a, a man or a woman who mediates between the visible and the invisible world. And the shamans come from a time before religion, before organized religion. Religion begins to appear in the, uh, in the archaeological record around six to 7,000 years ago. But that period before the coming of religion was when the indigenous people that were primarily hunter-gatherers, this was before agriculture, 
They relied on their shamans to lead them to the hunt, to the fish, and on the journey beyond death as well. So really, shamans are, are, are really the original spirit guides, the original priests, you know, with a lowercase p. It, it's interesting that you tie it to before agriculture. Sometimes I, I get on this kick that agriculture was the beginning of the end <laughs> for human it civilization. Was, totally, totally. You know, once once we we settled down and cut the earth up into plots and put fences up and we had that's that's where you get warring religions and warring tribes and and all of that stuff. This is how true. Yeah, go ahead. When you had the with the dawn of agriculture, you get three the three great uh, plagues. You get uh, warfare because suddenly the land is valuable, you've got to protect it from your neighbor, and you get grains, which literally make you stupid. They destroy the brain, they affect the brain. Our diet becomes a grain-based diet. And that, and then the third thing is religion. And you find that the grains even make their way into the religion. In, um, in Europe, it's the traditions, the mythologies of the wheat and in, um, you find that in, in, in Christianity, you learn the Lord's Prayer and give us this day our daily fats and proteins, right? <laughs> so suddenly our diet changes and we're, our brain begins to be damaged by the gluten and by, the, uh, by the, the grains that turn into sugars the minute that we consume them. So we really begin to go downhill. So how do you... I mean, both both in your in your study of shamanic insights, wisdom practices from ancient times, but also now, as you integrate nutrition and other things into your work, how do you deal with the impact? I mean, ten thousand years of of influence of agriculture and the three plagues that agriculture brought us. How do you resist that? Well, you can't really fight it. You've got to work with it, and the. So what the teachings of the shaman say is that we live in a dream, that our life is very dreamlike. You know, when we are asleep and we're dreaming in our sleep, it feels absolutely real. So a couple of nights ago, I was having a dream where I was on a sailing ship and I was having lunch with my father who died 25 years ago. And he was younger than than I, than I am now. And... In the dream, it felt perfectly normal, absolutely real, and and nothing strange about it. And they, the shamans say that also what we consider our waking dream, our waking reality, is a very dreamlike state. And if you can awaken, if you can wake up inside the dream, you can be begin to dream the world into being in a very creative way. So we don't have to continue dreaming the nightmare of history and of the past over and over again. So this how, is, yeah. So how how I mean, are we talking about lucid dreaming? You're talking something that concrete, or yeah. or something else? You know, most of my day I spend in lucid dreaming. I I I understand that I'm a I'm awake about probably ten percent of my day. The rest of the time I'm an automatic pilot. So the shamanic teachings are about how do you wake up inside the dream to understand the true nature of reality, which is not what we, it's not in our to-do list. It's generally not in the job that we go to every, every morning. So how do we gain this deep wisdom 
through a process of awakening within the dream and within three particular dreams that the shamans point out. And they have techniques for helping you do this. So the first one is the dream of death. How do you wake up from this nightmare, this dream of death that life is, is that life ends? And when you wake up from it, you no longer need to come up with an immortality project that will keep you from experiencing your fear of time ending. The second one is the dream of love. You have to wake up from the dream of love and uh, particularly the kind of love that we fall into and out of, which is rather painful. And the third dream is the dream of safety. And we can find safety in a gated community, in a government, that the police can keep us safe, that we can, uh, you know, the shamans say the only true safety you find is within yourself. When you find that deep inner safety that you, yes, you walk to the, the, to the valley of the shadow of death, but you feared nothing. So this is, these are the three fundamental dreams that will allow you to awaken into a very malleable reality that you can actually participate in creating and co-creating with spirit. And that's called dreaming your world into being. So let's, let's take these up a little more. Let's go more deeply into each of these. So this, this dream of death. So you're suggesting that immortality is, is just another, it's part of that dream. We we're sort of inventing that idea that, uh, the the uh, immortality project. When you wake up, what do you discover? An, uh, an individual soul that doesn't die, or part of a of a infinite eternal world soul, something like that. Yeah, you know this is the this is a good question, but you must discover it for yourself. It's like the search for the grail. You've got to ask the question yourself, and the um the. The waking up from the dream of death is, is a, so that you can become fearless and you can practice fearlessness in your everyday life. And the, so it's not waking up to the the to death being an illusion. It's really, it's breaking through the fear of death, even though you, you may die. You just don't you have can, any fear around it. No, you will absolutely. Die. I mean, the last I checked, the mortality rate was still 100 percent. Okay. So there's no doubt about that. The um, so that in our religious traditions we learn that we have an immortal soul, and the shamans kind of laugh at that. They say you have the possibility of immortality, and you get nine lives to work it out, like the jaguar, like the cats do. You know, more or less, give or take nine lives, in which you can become godlike. You can become. In, infinite. You can acquire this this immortality, but if you don't do it, then you will get mulched. You will return to the energy of the cosmos. You will continue, but only in the same way that when you take a drop of water from your glass of water and you put it back in, you know the drop is in there, but you can't find it any longer. So the shamans say that we have no time to waste, that we came here to learn a series of lessons that will eventually bring us to our own godliness or our own divinity. And that this has to be done, this is called the process of discovering your sacred dream or your mission, what it is that you came here to learn and to do and to waste no time learning it. So when you learn that, 
Will you be or will I be Rami forever? Will you be Alberto forever? Or is no, no I mean, you not? Yeah, go Rami, ahead. Rami will definitely go and Alberto definitely will as well. You lose your your personality, your name, your but but your essence will continue. You will have individuated as an energy being, and you will be able to to have a strong enough container that that essence and the lessons that you discovered and the gifts that you develop will will continue to infinity. So, so using the analogy of the drop, you know, going back into the glass of water, I mean, to me, that's, that is my theology. That's my, that's what I hope exactly is what, what happens, that the yep. wave returns to the ocean. But you're saying, no, that the drop maintains some kind of unlabeled essence. Yep. The drop returns to the ocean, but, it, but there's someone there to experience it. Mm. So that you retain this, that your your the quality, the essence, the uh, the expression of creation that you are that is unique. You take that with you, not your name, not the personality, not the money you have in the bank, and not. But but there's a continuity, and but you need to uh, discover what your sacred dream is. Otherwise, you're pursuing a bunch of of uh, of daydreams. Whether it be, you know, fame or fortune or, and it's becoming clear what it is that you came to learn in this life. What did you come here to do? And then serving that, serving that sacred dream, that becomes the sacred dream. And that's what gives you the opportunity to shatter this dream of death that keeps us living in fear. So you become yeah. fearless. So it it sounds like it would also shatter the daydream of love and safety as well. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yep, they're all tied into each other. <laughs> so I was having dinner with... Um, with Brian Weiss, Brian wrote the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. And somebody asked him during dinner, said, Brian, what about when you meet your soulmate? You know, you you see someone, you recognize them. You go, ah, this is my twin flame, my soulmate. He said, run away as fast as you can. Because that's generally somebody that you killed in a former lifetime or you have a karmic debt with. <clears throat> so many of the people we end up being attracted to are people that we are simply using as a mirror, that we're projecting our own unhealed selves onto in order to hope to attain wholeness. And it generally doesn't work. 
So it's so, a kind of narcissism. Yeah, it is absolutely a kind of narcissism. And this is that love that you fall into and not the, the true deep love that you can discover when you own what it is that you're projecting onto the world or onto the beloved, onto the other. So do you have a sense or can you convey to us a sense of, uh, if I've overcome that uh, daydream, the daydream of love, which is really self-love, but I project it onto somebody else. What, so, so I, know, I know what that feels like, I think, the projection you're talking about. But what, what does true love then, not the soulmate, you know, a projection, but yeah. what does the other yeah. feel like? Well, true love is, ceases to be an emotion and it becomes a feeling. Uh, okay. And an emotion lingers and emotions last. Your anger, you take it with you for weeks or years sometimes. A feeling passes through you. So a feeling does not last. You become a vessel for love and not a uh, an emotion of attachment to someone that you that you need to have an object in order to experience this love. I, I love, there's a quote from Rumi that I really very much enjoy, which is where he says, for I have ceased to exist. And he's speaking about the beloved. I have ceased to exist. Only you are here. And, you know, in most of our relationships, after we're together for a few months or years, the, the, it, what happens is that it, it gets changed into, for you have ceased to exist. Only I am here. So, right, right, right. So how do you disappear into love, into the other, and into love without needing an object to, to project it onto? And then it becomes the love of God, the love of spirit, the love of, of being. And that's the waking up from that dream that, that allows you to have truly a, a very deep relationship with another. And that sounds that would happen or no, let me put it this way. That sounds like that cannot happen if you haven't uh, you haven't awoken from the 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 dream of death. The, the right. three of them are very they go together. Yeah, they go yeah. together. They go together, and uh, but you've got to pick one to start with, and and generally we pick the the dream of death picks up. We get a diagnosis. We have an automobile accident. And we're dealing with our mortality. The rest of the time, we're too busy to die. You know, I always keep an unfinished book on my desk because I'm sure that that God would understand that I'm too busy to die right now. <laughs> so, so we are we are deluded. We're living in that in that daydream. Now, what the shamans did was to also come up with practices that would allow you to wake up from these three dreams, a practice that would lead you to experience infinity, your continuity into infinity, a practice that would allow you to relish the, the impermanence, the, the fact that the flower that you're seeing today is not going to be here tomorrow. What a beautiful moment that you get to live it. So for the shaman, they differentiate, we differentiate between information and knowledge. Information is knowing you have to wake up from the nightmare of love, or information is knowing water is H2O. Knowledge is being able to make it rain. Information is having a diagnosis. Knowledge is being able to heal. And this is what I do today. Today, I, I direct a school where we train modern shamans in the art of healing with energy medicine. 
So, so when you when you say that, because I know on, on your website it says that you know you can heal disease, eliminate emotional suffering, and even grow new bodies that age and heal differently. How how literally am I to take that? That I can, you, you know, I mean, if I have if I have cancer, can I actually cure myself of cancer, or can I enter into a state where the cancer is, is in a sense irrelevant? Well, you know, you're dealing with a very tangible thing here. So the shamanic um, healing practices have to do with preventing cancer okay. more than with healing cancer. The premise is that if you create the conditions for health, emotionally, nutritionally, spiritually, then disease goes away. So you don't treat the cancer, you create the fertile conditions for health. And then disease goes away. And it particularly works with with prevention. You can pre prevention is like changing the oil in your automobile. And treating is treatment is like changing the engine. <laughs> it's a lot more complicated. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that will be true with I mean, you're setting it, you're you're operating in a system or, or living in a way that that creates an environment that will prevent disease and emotional suffering or, and, and uh, uh, allow you to heal differently more than using, using the, the, the sense that you can heal. So this is, this is more preventative. Then you is, suppose it's also treatment because um, in the shamanic worldview, you have a luminous energy field that surrounds the physical body and that's the blueprint of the body. And the seas manifest first in the field and then in the body. And the body will not heal unless you can upgrade the quality of the information in the field, unless you can clear those imprints, a blueprint for disease. So, but traditionally the shaman lived very, very well if the tribe remained healthy. If there were people that were sick in the village, they would fire him because he wasn't doing his job. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> not the way it works in, in Western medicine. Not the way. Not so the way. So we, we are running up against the clock here. And, I, and I'm going to ask you something and the answer may be no, I can't do this. But I was just wondering if there was something you could teach, you know, over the, the radio. Uh, one practice that people might do that that might help them at least understand what you're saying and perhaps motivate them to look into this more deeply. Yeah, absolutely. And this is in my book, The Heart of the Shaman. And which, so the practices are very important. So I'm going to teach you a breathing practice. And it's also, it's, it's also a meditation, a mantra. The, um, you know, whatever word you put after the words, I am, is going to condition your entire day. I am angry, I am happy, or your entire week, I'm upset. So we want to drop that third word and stay with the I am. And the practice is a breathing practice. And it goes, I am my breath. So in the inhale, you go, I am quietly to yourself, softly. I am. And at the very top of the inhale, before it turns into an exhale, you pause and then my breath. And, and at the bottom of the exhale, before it becomes the inhale, you pause and the I am begins. I am my breath. I am my breath. And the word spirit actually means breath. 
And in the beginning, there was the breath. I am my breath. And when you take your last breath, you will become your breath and journey into infinity. It's a good practice to learn before you need to use it for the final time. Yeah, something that, that really has parallels. I mean, I, 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 just as you're explaining it, there's something very similar in Judaism and a number of other mystical traditions. Yes. They're, so, they're universal. They're totally universal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's a great way to end the conversation. Our guest today was Alberto Violdo. His new book is The Heart of the Shaman. You can read his essay, Discover Your Sacred Dream, in the May-June issue of Spirituality Health magazine. For more information on his work and his books, please visit his website, albertovioldophd.com. Alberto, thank you so much for being with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you, Ramin. Be pleasure to be with you. Well, it was a pleasure to listen to you and to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you. Support for this show comes from the National Wellness Institute, committed to providing the tools, training, and resources to propel your career in wellness. Become a member today at nationalwellness.org. Before we sign off, let me remind you that this year is the 20th anniversary of Spirituality and Health magazine. As part of our celebration, I'm leading an interspiritual tour of the Holy Land. This is part tour, part pilgrimage, as we engage in contemplative practices linked to the various sites we will visit, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and Baha'i. For more information, please visit us at spiritualityhealth.com backslash holyland hyphen with hyphen Rami. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and to download the iTunes app for this podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.